Hello everyone, this is the Connected Family Podcast, episode number 7. This podcast is produced by Connections Family Counseling, LLC, a group counseling practice located in Quincy, Illinois, that helps build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. My name is Mark Vanderlei, and I'm your host. Today's episode is all about helping your teen who's experiencing depression. So today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about ways that parents can help their teen if they are experiencing symptoms of depression. This can be a pretty heavy topic as it's difficult for parents to see their children struggle, particularly, I think, difficult when when parents are seeing their children struggle with emotional difficulties. So we are going to be speaking about depression, but I'm really hopeful that this episode will help you to um, kind of gain an understanding of your role in helping your child if they are experiencing depression, the prevalence of depression in our culture, and really give you some concrete things that you can do to help, um, and then even reaching out for professional help if it, if it um, is necessary in your particular instance. So just thinking about depression, there's a lot of talk about depression especially in adolescent depression in our culture and news articles and different types of things throughout the last several years. There was the Netflix documentary, I think it was, 13 Reasons Why, which talked really extensively um, about severe depression, even leading towards um, suicide. And so the discussion has just been ongoing. And actually... It's really good that we're talking about it so much as a culture. So in the past, you know, we may not have really spoken about teenage depression, and then our teens would be experiencing it, but not really have an idea of what is happening. Why am I feeling this way? So this conversation can help to bring the discussion out into the open more, remove some of the stigma of experiencing depression or some other mental health um, challenge, and That openness allows teens to be able to come forward, talk to a trusted adult, talk to their parents, and get the help they need uh, much sooner. So reducing the impact of the depression and hopefully avoiding some of the prevalence of suicide in our culture, which has really um, been a difficult thing in the last decades. So I did some research and looked online and found some statistics. And according to the National Institute of Mental Health, the statistics for 2016 show that in the United States with adolescents between the ages of 12 and 17, 12.8% of those adolescents reported at least one episode of major depression in that year of 2016. So that's quite a significant chunk of the adolescent population. The statistics also showed, however, that the experience of depression was higher among girls, 19.4%, and those adolescents who report two or more races, um, it was also higher for them at 13.8%. And so we do see that the prevalence of depression among adolescents is pretty significant. And there's even a number of questions out there in the media and some studies that are happening right now. I'm not, I don't think that we have real strong conclusions about this question, but does social media impact the prevalence of depression? Because people are really starting to wonder, why is teen depression going up so drastically in recent decades, last five to ten years? 
And they're beginning to think, well, you know, social media use became a lot more popular in the last decade. Is there a connection between social media use in adolescence and depression? There are some studies that are saying, yes, there is a correlation. And then um, I think yet there are more studies to be done to really draw a strong conclusion there. Of course, we have to remember that correlation does not equate to causation. So we can't say that just because... Um, There's a correlation between social media use and depression that social media use causes depression. I think it's important for us as parents to understand that there are a whole number of factors leading towards depression, including family history, health, amount of exercise, diet, the amount of sleep that one gets. And so, um, again, those are correlations, important things to be aware of, but also important to understand that there's a number of of factors leading towards teen depression. Okay, so we looked at the prevalence, possibly some of the causes, and the statistics of teen depression. Now let's look at what is teen depression? You know, one of the things, or depression in general, one of the things that I often wrestle with as a practitioner, someone who um, is trained and trained to diagnose different mental health disorders, is what's the difference between just kind of normal up and down moods and major depressive disorder. Well, the DSM-5 outlines some real specific guidelines that clinicians follow when diagnosing major depressive disorder. And so people have to meet these criteria in, in order for that diagnosis to be given. One of the major things that every diagnosis in the DSM-5 kind of has as a part of it is that there needs to be significant impairment across domains of functioning. And so for depression, you know, it's not only does the person need to meet these criteria or experience these certain symptoms, those symptoms need to cause significant impairment in the areas of social interaction, academic or job functioning, family interaction, different areas like that. And so if you're a parent and you're wondering you know, is my child experiencing depression? One big question to ask is how is are these mood changes impacting their functioning in the important areas of life? If you're noticing significant mood changes, but you're not noticing impairment in the child's life, then it may not be depression and some more assessment and more questioning may be warranted. If you're encountering mood changes and ups and downs with your child, and there are significant changes in the important areas of life, the first one that parents often recognize is a drop in grades, then you're going to, again, want to possibly consult a professional um, in order to get that assessment done and really see if they meet the criteria. So here's some more information from the DSM-5 about what depression is. The general definition of depression is the presence of sad, empty, or irritable mood accompanied by somatic and cognitive changes that significantly affect the individual's capacity to function. There's that requirement for functioning impairment there from the DSM. And then there are a number of symptoms that need to be present in order for one to meet that criteria, and these should occur over the same two-week period. Five of these nine symptoms. Depressed mood most of the day and nearly every day. Diminished interest or pleasure in all or almost all activities. Significant weight loss or gain when not dieting or change in appetite. 
insomnia or hypersomnia nearly every day, movement, agitation, or slowing, fatigue or loss of energy, feelings of worthlessness or excessive guilt, diminished ability to think or concentrate, and recurrent thoughts of death. So in order to meet the criteria of a major depressive episode, one must meet five or more of those symptoms in the same two-week period and have those symptoms impact one's ability to function in a significant way. Another challenge in diagnosing depression with teens is that you may have said, or may even been thinking as I read through that list of nine symptoms, like, well, that's like every teenager. Every teenager experiences difficulty with sleeping or changes in sleeping patterns. Um, Every teenager may experience significant weight loss or gain. Um, Teenagers often have a diminished interest in activities that were pleasurable in the past because their changes, their interests are changing. Um, often there's a f- lack of energy or, or a s- sense of fatigue in a teenager's life. And so that becomes the real challenge in determining for parents, is this depression or is this normal developmental stage that one's going through in the teen years? And so, again, that's where you may want to get a deeper assessment, talk with a professional and really just continue to watch and see how these mood changes are impacting your adolescent. Okay, so let's let's pretend that you're you are concerned. You're you're experiencing mood changes. Your child really does seem to have um, depression, or and and you want to help. You want to do the best that you can as a parent, and you want to be there and help them through this difficult time, which I think is wonderful. One of the thoughts that I have is that even as a professional counselor is that, yes, it's important, if necessary, to bring your child to a counselor and to seek the help that you would need from a professional in many instances. But I also believe very strongly, and I say this to many of the people that I work with, that you as the parent are the best counselor for your child. And so as a counselor, I'm seeking oftentimes, particularly working with adolescents um, in in depression and anxiety and those types of situations to help the parent, help equip the parent to be the child's counselor. And a big focus for me on that is helping to strengthen the relationship between the parent and the child. In many cases, uh, parents bring their children to me at the request of their child or adolescent or saying, mom, I'm really, I'm really feeling depressed. I think this is getting to a place where I need help. Now for me, that shows, oh wow, that's awesome. There's a wonderful relationship there. The connection must be strong because the child was willing to reach out for help to their parent and the parent responded and got the help that the child needs. I want to strengthen that relationship and the foundation that is evident in those situations. Um, so that the parent um, has the skills, can help the child in between sessions, and really can be continue to be a resource for the child when walking through those difficult situations. So here's what you can do as a parent if you're concerned about your child possibly having depression and how to move forward. First, pay attention to thoughts. So depression is primarily about mood, but our thoughts have significant impact on the way that we feel. So helping your teen to label and verbalize his or her thoughts can be really, really helpful. And sometimes teenagers get stuck in a cycle of negative thinking, and they're not always aware of that. So one of the things that I often talk about in session um, is the cognitive triangle. And I talk about how our thoughts impact our feelings, 
which impact our behaviors. And so if we can identify what am I thinking in this moment, then I can go, is that a helpful thought or an unhelpful thought? For instance, if you're moving, you know, if you do not so hot on a test and you think, oh, I'm stupid, I'm the worst student in the world, I'm never going to get into the college that I want to get into, sometimes we're not even aware that we're having those thoughts. So helping our child or our teenager to become aware of the fact that those are some of the thoughts going through our head is step number one. Step number two, then, is to ask ourselves or help their uh, facilitate your child to ask the question, are those helpful thoughts? Those thoughts that I mentioned probably aren't helpful. If you're to have those thoughts in a situation of not doing great on a test, it's probably going, you're probably going to decrease your feelings. The feel, those thoughts are going to lead towards feelings of sadness anger, frustration, negative feelings. So once you've identified that those are unhelpful thoughts, then brainstorm with your child, okay, what might be some more helpful thoughts that you could think? So another helpful thought might be, I didn't do great on this test, I'll do better next time. I'll study harder next time so that I can do better on the test. It's okay that I didn't do great on this test, I'll still be able to Um, to get into college if I want to, or whatever it is. So those are more helpful thoughts, more realistic and more logical towards the situation. So helping your child to pay attention to thoughts. Um, There's a post that I wrote in regards to this having to do with mindfulness, and mindfulness can be a really powerful tool in helping adolescents to move through the difficulties of the emotional ups and downs of adolescence, even the normal ones, and the experience of depression. Because many times with depression, what happens is we get stuck in our thoughts. We might be in math class or we might be at basketball practice, but we're thinking in our head all of those negative thoughts that start to swirl around about the challenges that we're facing in school or with our peers. And I think that's where social media comes in oftentimes. There's so much input from social media And we might be in math class or in some other place, but we're replaying, going through all that stuff from social media. Um, It can really begin to take over our thoughts if we're not careful. And so mindfulness is a wonderful practice, something that we can help with our, our children to practice. And really, it's paying very close attention in the present moment on purpose. And so it's helping to draw us out of our head and into the present moment to focus on what's happening right now here in the moment, really paying close attention to now rather than being off someplace in our mind with all of these negative thoughts and those thoughts swirling around that may or may not be so helpful for us. So one of those skills and and ways that you can help your child to pay attention to their thoughts is mindfulness. The second thing that I think is very important for parents when helping their adolescent to move through the ups and downs of feelings is Um, of emotions and depression is pay attention to feelings. Sometimes teens have a pretty hard time expressing what they feel. Um, They really can be really, really good at bottling up their feelings. I, I use this analogy all the time in my work with adolescents and adults, and I call it, it's called the bottle about to burst. And if you think about yourself as a bottle of soda, no sugar in this soda because sugar soda makes a mess, but think of yourself as a bottle of soda And let's pretend that there's three different bottles that you have before you. And I want you to imagine that you're shaking them up. So shake up all three of those bottles as vigorously as you can. And then I ask the adolescent or the adult, a lot of times I actually do this. I'll have the bottles with me and do it in session because it's kind of an engaging way to talk about it. So we'll shake up all three of those bottles. Excuse me. 
And so then I say, well, what's happening in these bottles right now as we shake them like this? And they say, well, it's the, the pressure is beginning to build. It's creating more and more bubbles, and the pressure in the bottle is, a, is building. Yes. And I even use the analogy that with plastic soda bottles, before you shake it, you can actually squeeze the bottle a little bit. But the more you shake it, that bottle actually gets harder and harder, and that pressure builds and builds and builds the more you shake it. And that's what happens inside of us when we're experiencing stress and depression and anxiety. It's like all these stressors is the shaking. So we're shaking it, and those are all the stressors we have from social media, from school, from friends, from parents, responsibilities, getting into college, and the pressure just builds and builds and builds inside of us. And so then if you take those three bottles, and you take that first bottle and you open it as fast as you can, what happens? The teenagers always say, oh, it explodes all over the place. The bottle explodes. And many times that's what happens with our teenagers. They're holding all their feelings on the inside and the pressure builds and builds and builds. And then all of a sudden it explodes out all at once. And we're, we're the parents near them and we're like, whoa, what happened? All I did, I said one little tiny thing and boom, my teenager exploded all over the place and made this giant mess out of our family and the relationships and what's happening in our house today. And so I often talk with teenagers about how holding those feelings inside, although it you know helps us to um, avoid having to share and avoid maybe emotion, the expression of emotions, it can really cause problems in our relationships because sometimes we become the exploding bottle and we explode all over the place. Now, other teenagers are a different type of a bottle where... They've gotten really, 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 really good at holding those emotions in. They never express them. They're either holding it in not, and not show it. And in this demonstration, I secretly change one of the soda water to flat water. I change it to tap water. And so we've shaken it up. And I say, okay, now open this bottle. And they open it up and nothing happens because it has flat water in it. And I say, this is the flat bottle. And this is what I see the other end of the spectrum of what happens where teens get so good at holding their emotions in that they don't feel anything. And the problem with, with doing that, holding our emotions in so much, is that's sometimes where depression and anxiety come from. You get so good at pushing down those feelings, ignoring them, pushing them down on the inside that you just don't feel anything at all. And the bummer there is that you don't feel the bad things, you don't feel the negative feelings, and that's, that's nice. But you also don't feel the positive feelings. You don't feel the good stuff. You don't feel the joy, the wonder, excitement of life. Because you, when you're pushing down feelings, you just push them all down into that pit and don't have the opportunity to feel anything. So that's sometimes where depression comes from. And parents will begin to experience their teen having those symptoms of depression um, if they are that bottle that really holds things in. And then there's a third bottle that I talk about, which is sort of the ideal way of doing it, where we call it the slow release bottle. And I ask the teenagers to open this bottle just a little bit at a time. And they, you know, when they, they open it just a tad and it goes, just releases the pressure just a tiny bit at a time. And that's the ideal way of expressing our emotions, where we are able to slowly release the emotions as they occur over the course of time. And so that's the idea of paying attention to feelings. If we as parents can help our teenagers to slowly release that pressure that they experience from depression, anxiety, all the challenges that they're facing 
in becoming teens and navigating school and friendships. So one way to do that is empathy, to express empathy when they're experiencing their feelings. And how you can do that as a parent, three-step process. One, listen carefully to what your teen is saying. Two, go inside yourself and ask yourself, what would I feel right now if this was me? And then express what it is you think you would feel through a statement such as, you feel angry because your friends didn't invite you to the party. So even just saying you're angry, wonderful expression of empathy. So powerful to be able to share a story about your disappointment, your anger of not being invited to the party with a friend and have the person who's listening to you go, you're angry that your friends didn't invite you to the party. Oftentimes when I've done this with teenagers or expressed empathy in this way with people that I'm working with, they break down in tears or they go, yes, that's exactly it. Now, here's the great thing about empathy. You can guess at what they're feeling and then express that. And if you're right, then it's like, yeah, man, my parent understands me. They're awesome. They totally get what I'm going through. If you're wrong, your teenager will go, no, that's not it. I'm feeling this. And then you go, oh, okay, you're feeling... And then you understand them. You go, okay, you've, you adjust what you're thinking. Oh, I'm sorry. You're this. And then you understand them. So they have this wonderful opportunity through your expression of empathy to feel understood by you, um, cared for by you. It's this great way for you to help them deal with those up and down feelings that they're experiencing. Now, as I said... It, it's my mission as a counselor and my hope with all the teens that I work with who experience depression and their families is to equip parents and the teenager to be able to do these two things. Pay attention to thoughts, pay attention to feelings. But sometimes, um, even with these wonderful tools that parents have and teens use together, you still need professional help. And so I encourage you, if your teenager is continuing to experience depression, seek professional help um, through a licensed clinical professional counselor, licensed clinical social worker, or psychologist. And then that counselor is going to be able to help you navigate that process, build these skills yourself, and help your teen build those skills. You know, one of the things that's important to understand is that research over the course of time shows that with depression, the best treatment for depression is a combination of medication and psychotherapy. So oftentimes people, well, just give me a pill. Um, and that'll help with depression. And that helps. Research shows that just taking um, SSRIs is helpful. But the best approach, the best and longest term um, success with the treatment of depression over the course of the years in the research done shows that medication combined with psychotherapy is the best approach. So if you're looking for a professional, here are some things to look for. The best professional that you're going to find is going to create a sense of safety for your child where they have the opportunity to say and, and express what's happening inside of them in an environment of safety and compassion. They may be trained in, in something called cognitive behavioral therapy, which is one of the treatments that's been found to be most effective for depression, or dialectical behavioral therapy, which is a form of cognitive behavioral therapy used to really help people um, uh, develop skills and managing emotions. They may even be trained in something called EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It was originally developed to be used 
um, with PTSD, but has also been demonstrated to be helpful with things such as depression and anxiety and other um, experiences of mental health challenges. So my hope for you today after listening to this podcast is one that you have a better understanding of what depression is, what the ups and what the, the difference between the normal ups and downs of teen depre- teen experience and emotion and, um, and clinical, you know, a major depressive episode and what you can do as a parent to walk with your teen through that experience. I think it's so important in building that connection. Again, this is a podcast uh, committed and focused on building a connected family. And in your relationship with your teen, you can be the most valuable resource that they have in walking through those difficult emotions and that time of difficulty through those adolescent years. So I'm hopeful that this was helpful for you. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the Connected Family Podcast. We're dedicated to helping you build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. If you'd like to continue the conversation about adolescent depression, please join our Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups, the Connected Family Podcast. This group consists of additional resources, discussion regarding episode topics, and support for building a connected family. You can also follow us on Instagram at Connections Family Counseling, and find our website at connectionsquincy.com.